Hey everybody, welcome to welcome back to Three Count Life, episode number twelve. Uh, it is Kyle and Chris tonight. Maria will be back next week. So how you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm doing good. Good. Doing yeah, good. Maria will be missed. Yeah, she's she, a little uh, under the weather, guys. She'll be back though. Yeah, she brings uh, she brings a lot to the show, so it's going. So unfortunately, you have us for an hour. <laughs> but no, it'll it's be fun. Yeah, so I, you know, I had an epiphany earlier today about the three count. I call it the three count life wrestling week, which is essentially the previous Friday through the Wednesday shows right before we record. Yeah, so that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that that's how we're. I think we're just going to recap the wrestling portion that way. Um, so let's start with SmackDown. Now, before we get into it. <laughs> Did you catch any SmackDown at all? No, I didn't watch it. I've been very busy this week, but um, I did see, you know, clips and pieces of it um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't recall any of it. So you're gonna have yeah. to, yeah, you're gonna have to give me a play by play, and then we'll go from there, <laughs> and I'll I'll see. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, the, the Raw and SmackDown. It's kind of blending together. I don't know what's happening on what show. I just see clips of WWE stuff happening. Mm-hmm. So I can't recall which one's on which show. So go ahead and start it off, and then we'll uh, I'll chime in when I when something strikes my interest. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair, and and I get it. I do. Um, you know, I think one thing to say is you should always like, you know, like you say you've been very busy, and I know you're busy. I know like Maria's very busy. We're all busy people. And a lot of people are nowadays because hopefully you're still employed. And if you are, you're probably wearing a lot more hats than you were prior, right, to this. Absolutely. Um, so I get that. So you should totally stick to the find time for the things you really enjoy. Um, you know, you really enjoy Dynamite. So, you know, it's good that you, you make that happen. So yep. um, before we get into it real quick, I just want to say this is the first time in a long time. I actually thought Raw was a better show. Wow. Um, than the SmackDown. Now SmackDown's moments were really cool. And that's what I'm okay. gonna get into right now. So okay, let's go. Yeah, so one thing I wanna say is the fiend was actually there in person. And he did an entrance. Oh, like, he did like his, his yes. sort of, like his spooky like entrance yeah. that everybody loves with the lantern and shit. Okay. Yeah, with that killer code orange song, you know. Yeah. That, the, the oh my god the remake of his uh, original thing yeah 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 and and I I enjoy it every time I think it's super cool because it's just phenomenal now I wish Cole and Graves would just stop talking like we get it you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> we we get it like we just let the entrance exist now here's the interesting part Alexa Bliss was already in the ring mm-hmm. when he was walking down and. She was wearing the same stuff she wore the previous episode of SmackDown. Okay. They are totally of the doll. Yeah. Yeah. They are totally <laughs> implying that she is a, a held, being held captive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's crazy to me. Um, so they had a moment. Alexa's literally in the middle of the ring. The Fiend is stalking, you know. Bray Wyatt's a big man, but my God, that dude can like contort his body in crazy ways, you know, Mm -hmm. just to add to the creepy factor. And he's going for the, you know, the claw again. Alexa blocks his hand and puts one of her hands on his face. And, you know, Bray just being the mad genius that he is, you know, he stands up and he's like all disgusted. And then Braun Strowman shows up on the screen and cuts probably the greatest promo he's ever done. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, and, and that's not saying much. I, I no, like the guy, but yeah, you, you give him a mic. It's, Did it's... it top the get these hands promo? At least that <laughs> at least that sold some merchandise when he said that. So Will this was so merchandise. Cool. Yeah, well, I, I think so. I now I can't remember exactly how he referred to himself, but you know, he told him one of two things was going to happen after that swamp fight, and essentially mm-hmm. uh, the thing that Bray wouldn't want to happen, essentially. Braun coming out of the pits of hell alive, you know, as a monster that monsters should fear, you know. 
So it was actually mm-hmm. a really it it was a the, the whole segment was super cool. Um of course Alexa sold it. You know, she did wonderful, braided great. Um and Braun just he he just killed it like he didn't stumble over himself. Which so let, it was let me probably ask you pre recorded. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, let me ask you this. This was the first time seeing Braun Strowman back after being drowned? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, so, yeah, that's a great question. Seaweed or barnacles attached to him? No. <laughs> okay. And now it was funny because the camera was really close to his face. Like he was on the, the, the screen, you know, mm-hmm. and the camera's like right up on his face. So um, that was, it, it was, it was interesting to, to say the, the least. Now he did say, yeah. I don't give a damn about Alexa. Yeah, it's, I saw the clip where he said that and I was like, okay. So what? Okay, so last episode we were, you know, we were all theory crafting and coming up with yep. these. You were coming up with your own flow charts. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you put that up on on your flow chart at any point? Dude, I I have a flow chart, and you know what I want to say is I think this is all an elaborate plan. I, I get the the Nikki Cross thing, mm-hmm. but I think that's too obvious. What uh, what Maria was saying last episode, where she thinks Nikki Cross is going to be sister yes. Abigail. I say that, admittedly, I didn't think of it, but when you do start thinking about it, it's way too obvious to me. Mm-hmm. Now she could very well be. There could be nobody. It could be Sonia freaking Deville for all we know. You know yeah. when, when it's all said and done, just because of the the crazy stuff she's been doing lately, but. Uh, Why do you, you think know, Nikki Cross is too obvious of a choice? Because I know Maria, if she were here, she would say you're dead wrong. It, yeah. Alexa Bliss is the obvious choice, and you know Nikki Cross would be the swerve. Right. Well, I look at it like a. Uh, <clears throat> let me go total nerd for a second. So you know, I, I watched Star Wars for the first time when I was a kid, and I didn't really understand storytelling until I got a little older, so late teens, and I realized Darth Vader wasn't the villain. He was the distraction character. You know, the villain's the emperor, right? Uh-huh. But Darth Vader's front and center. That's Nikki Cross right now. Nikki Cross is the one pushing and shoving Alexa Bliss. Nikki Cross is the one setting the rift, uh, you know, between them. It's not Alexa. I think if Alexa was doing it, it would have been like more like a, a punishment from the fiend. You know what I mean? Uh, not that he has any ties to Nikki, but I mean, like more like, a, hey, you're being really shitty, but you have a tie to Braun, so you're, you know, you're easy to do this to. And I could just be totally off the wall, but I think because Nikki is the one making all the aggressive action and essentially being the one to te- uh, tear apart the team, mm-hmm. that's what I think makes it too obvious. Okay. Well, um, are you? I'm I'm still on the boat that Alexa Bliss will become Sister Abigail at SummerSlam. I, that's just hoping and praying. I'm mm-hmm. not on the boat and having faith in WWE, but I'm I'm on the you know the boat of just you know just wanting it to happen. Yeah. So so that's still that's still your outcome for that. Yeah, I think so. I think I I I seriously think Braun does care about Alexa. You know, going into the Swamp fight. It was Why would he Braun. say he doesn't give a damn about her in his promo? How did that how did that play out? Like, was she offended? Did they show her when he said that? Not really. I mean, it wasn't like it was it was mainly the cameras like right up on Bray. You know what I mean? Like right up in his face. Yeah. Um, and you know, he did a obviously was just the eyes okay. told, you know, a very dark story, right? I mean he was taking it all in. Alexa would just had, you know, just had the concerned look on her face like, hey, this this really sucks, <laughs> you know. Um, but what I think is I think Braun still believes he has the upper hand because you can argue going into the swamp fight, Bray or Braun was actually getting into Bray's head. Gotcha. Um, you know, that he, he actually cut and they were really short. That's why they were good. He cut yeah. a few short promos that were actually decent, you know, leading up to that match and um i think he still feels he's got the upper hand uh and you're gonna see that i think like you said alexa's gonna turn at SummerSlam, and i think you're going to see a moment where braun does care 
And that's when the evil is going to come back out of Alexa. She's just going to laugh in his face. And yep. it's going to symbolically nail his sister Abigail on him, pin him, get his belt back. Alexa's going to hold his hand up, and they're going to the funhouse. Like, I mean, that's how I picture it playing out. Hoping hoping and praying. <laughs> so what I think that's badass. Yeah, that would be badass. So, I mean, like I said, so we all know the retribution thing. At the, I don't even know what to think about that, honestly. Um, I want to get more into that on the Raw portion. Uh, but Wait, is retribution on both SmackDown and Raw? <laughs> yes. They didn't oh, cause God. near the damage. Quote I know. Damage I, I saw this on episode. On, on this episode, they threw a cinder block through a door and then high-fived each other, and that was it? Like, that was yeah, the, the, that they, was the they essentially follow-up. played aggressive ding-dong ditch is what they were doing on Raw, and then they had wow. chainsaws and shit on SmackDown. <laughs> well, so. wait, wait, wait. They had chainsaws on SmackDown. Okay, I'm getting the shows mixed up. So what do they do with the chainsaws on SmackDown? nothing the guy just had it and he stood in the ring that's when they all <laughs> like, like swarmed the ring like, like you said i think you said it where like you know they had to get the 205 set up and they needed extra hands to get yeah, the ring set up 205 live it. ring crew they were just yeah they were just <laughs> going up in there early they yeah the show they wanted to get their jobs over with early so they just yeah i mean and dude michael cole got some fucking man he is like michael phelps with swimming, he's like he's the Michael Cole is like that with running because he he beat Graves out when when they jumped the barricades. Did you mm-hmm. see that clip where Michael Cole was like already on the entrance ramp before <laughs> before before Graves even left the table? Man, I was like, holy shit! Cole was a he's a surprising dude, man. I, I think he's in the wrong business. He needs to go yeah. run for track or something, Olympics or something. Jesus Christ! That that was really that was really good. That, that was that's, that's the only part I laughed at of the whole thing. <laughs> Everything else was just meh. I, <laughs> yeah. So that was weird. Now the only other moment I liked was Stephanie McMahon summoning Bailey and Sasha to the ring for their call. Um, she did. Stephanie said that Sasha will defend 100%. Um, at SummerSlam, it will probably be, could potentially be against Asuka. So that takes us right into Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot here. I mean, for a three-hour show, um, it was actually the best Raw I've watched in a, in a while as far as the whole package, right? Okay. The, the last half hour was actually incredible TV. The Bailey Oscar match was the match of the night. It was so, which we all knew that was going to be a good one, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Oscar's incredible. Bailey is, is, I think she's always been great in the ring. So those two had really great chemistry. Um, it was kind of weird, like the Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio thing. You know, they, they signed their contract. I'm sure you've seen the pictures and maybe the clips of what happened to Dominic. Yeah, I saw that. He they yeah. hung him up on the uh, ring ropes, beat the shit out of him with kendo sticks. Beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Um, so not only did they sign the SummerSlam contract, but Dominic actually signed his WWE Superstar contract. So that's interesting. Yeah. So he, okay. he had two contracts to sign. So that, that, was, okay. that was interesting. Um, Mickey James returned. That was cool. I mean, they're kind of throwing her immediately in the mix with Natalia. Oh god. Uh, yeah, so that well we'll see how that goes. I mean, I thought that was a that was a cool is it, interruption. Is it a new is she under like a new gimmick or it's just kind of like, you know, just Mickey James? Yeah, it was kind of like Mickey James empowered cuz she's coming back from that injury, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so it was kind of like, hey, I'm I'm still here, you know, I'm back. I think it's more like you see, it sucks because it's kind of like Lacey Evans as a baby face. It's totally lame. Yeah. It's not really her fault because it's just, you know, she's like got a big heart in real life. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when, when they play a baby face, they're kind of lame. So like I've always liked Mickey James when she's weird and kind of heelish. Yeah. You know? um, but it, it was great. I mean, she looks incredible. So it's great to see her back. And And I think, you know. Let's see how this Natalia thing plays out. Um, you know, Natalia's an incredible in-ring performer. So um, Man, I, I was actually surprised. I'm just going to go against you right there. I am just, I never, ever 
been a fan of Natalia. I can't get on the the boat with it. I, I just can't. I can't take her. I, I I understand she's a good wrestler. I get that. But every single thing else about her, her promo work. Oh yeah, I agree. Her her outfits, her gimmick, her whatever is just so off. Just so awful. I I, Dude, I can't. We could do a whole episode on how shitty those outfits are. I oh get my that. God, yes. Oh I my god. And I'm an animal it. lover, but even so, I, I don't think humans should wear cat ears for wrestling yeah. gear. Like I don't know, man. That's that's just. I, I every time she's on the mic, I she's just one of those people I just can't listen to. But anyway, oh. uh, let me get back to, to something that you mentioned earlier. I don't know if it was on SmackDown or Raw. You said Stephanie McMahon came out and talked yeah, to Bailey. Okay, talked to Bailey and Sasha. Was that when she told Bailey and Sasha what their matches were going to be for SummerSlam? Because I know that didn't she say there was going to be like some kind of battle royal? Yeah. Whoever wins that's going to face Bailey at SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm so glad because I for that's my bad. So I'm so glad you 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 went back there. So that was the other part of that, right? So there's going yeah. to be a multi-brand battle royal. Multi-brand, yep, correct. Yes. Okay. For okay. Bailey at SummerSlam. So I am just beyond curious to see how did they, this plays did they out. mention any participants uh i didn't catch any unless i okay. unless i missed it i don't think so i think you're gonna know okay i think so well who do you who do you want to see there see that that's, that's an interesting question i'll tell you right now i think it's going to be bianca belair yeah um, i would love to i would love to see her in that spot i, I think that, i think that'd be a great match she's such a badass yeah if bailey would sell the hell out of bianca belair like sell her moves and stuff and and make it like truly believable i think Mm -hmm. i think it'd be a great match i think they would have great chemistry i do too that's the one i want she just yeah she just exudes champion i I was very upset uh, that she didn't win um the nxt championship at any point in her nxt career like i was just I really felt like she should have been, I think, in my opinion, I think she would have, she should have been the one to take down Shayna Baszler. Yep, I agree. I really think so. But that's just my opinion. Yes, but anyway, yeah, Baszler, I, th- I think that's good. So, yeah, yeah I, that, that, that's what I want to, because I, I just think it'd be awesome. Like you said, that, that, that's that got hell of a match written all over it. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be damn good. Um. Yeah. Raw Underground continues. Now, I, I'm actually enjoying Raw Underground, but I'm also a hardcore MMA guy, and I really love what they're doing. Um, you know, it's supposed to be the last hour, essentially, but it got like 35 minutes of screen time because of the last half hour. I swear I'm getting to it just a minute. Um, but Baszler beat the shit out of three up-and-comers on Raw Underground. Raw Underground is where Shayna Baszler belongs, and that's not a bad thing. I can't stand her. But I know what she's capable of. I think she's very, you know, she's got talent. I think this is a good fit for her for now. Um, you know, let, let her be the queen of the underground. I'm totally cool with that. I think she'll do really well. So let me ask you this, because I have yet to watch a full episode where they transit. Like, how did they transition from Raw on TV, Michael Cole's talking on commentary, and then how do they transition to Shane McMahon in a warehouse with a bunch of fucking people that are beating up each other? How does how do they make this transition between Raw and Raw Underground? Pretty much like you said, now here's Shane McMahon in a warehouse of people getting <laughs> shit out of each other. I mean, I mean but like there's not there's no like storyline as to why Shane's even doing this. Like he, uh, he's there is a little kind bit. of fantasy where he wants but, to but, own his own MMA company or something. Like, yeah, so th- they're not really interested right now. Now I feel after SummerSlam things are going to start popping off. Um, because there's one story on Raw that, and and you know I'm a Sasha guy and I'm saying there's only one story on Raw that actually matters right now, and that's Randy and Drew, and uh-huh. That was really the only one that got any sort of like development. Now, Raw Underground went from just a complete directionless shit show to me actually feeling like I'm in some underground illegal pit fights. You know what I mean? And okay. it's it's becoming it can become something. So we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's it's very kind of awkward right now. Um. It works. There's no, there's no, in my, unless I'm just not, not taking it in right, but 
there's nothing like super special about how they, you know, move into it. Um, well, I think you're taking it in better than most because all I've been hearing is ne- negative feedback through the uh, through the wrestling community it, on social media. The first time, the the first go round, I can totally understand. But when you when you find, I think I think what it's all about is is a way to find a place for some wrestlers to you know keep keep working on the skills to keep getting tv time but we may not have like a serious storyline for you right now you know what i'm saying um like because you can do more gimmick matches to make it look better since it's probably you know it's pre-taped anyway so they can do more cinematic but underground looking you know raw more raw yeah exactly make it look like footage yeah yeah Yeah. you know what i mean um so what they're going for yeah, yeah it, it's got its place. It just needs to be executed. Now, if it continues to improve, you know, eventually they're going to find a formula that works. And the, the key is, will they stick with it? That's the thing. So, um, but the last 30 minutes of Raw was incredible. Randy and KO had a match. Anytime Kevin Owens is on TV, I'm watching it. Um mm-hmm. Those, they they did great. I mean, it was it, it's as good as you could possibly imagine. Randy Orton and Kevin Owens. I mean, how much better does it get? Um, but after the match, uh, Randy officially killed another legend in Ric Flair, and Retribution actually played a role here. So, like I said before, on Raw they weren't nearly as aggressive as they were on SmackDown with destroying the ring and stuff. But like I said, they were essentially playing aggressive ding dong ditch. The entire episode, um, and they caused the lights to flicker because of their their exterior shenanigans. And literally, Randy does a running punt, and and the the idea is he punts Ric Flair in the face. Um, the lights go out right before it happens, as to make you believe he did it when he really didn't. Right. So good thing Flair didn't actually have to take it. You know, even right, he didn't have to take any damage whatsoever. But that it was low blow looked brutal. Thing. Yeah, oh yeah. And then Drew comes down and calls Randy an evil son of a bitch. And I'm telling you, these guys are just they're just gonna beat the hell out of each other. Um you know, he he did he it was it was cool. And uh that, like I said, that, that's the only story that's really kind of developing pretty legitimately, so yeah, it wasn't terrible. Like I said it really wasn't terrible. Actually, it was like, you know what? After the first hour, I was like, I'm I'm into this, right? I'm I'm digging this episode because um, you can see where they're going. So Randy and Drew, I mean, that's if you're kind of stale or on the fence about SummerSlam, I'd say tune in for that match at least. <laughs> you know, well, you can see you can see where they're going with Randy and Drew. You can't see where they're going with Raw Underground or Retribution. Yeah. Right, great, yeah, the two great points. I mean, I don't even know what this retribution thing is. So that let me ask you this: part, one more thing about one more thing about Raw Underground. Do you see it going past the COVID era? See that that's I think that's what they're they're doing it for. I don't I yeah. don't know if it will. I don't know if it will. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's I mean it'd be hard to do those kind of segments for that long of a period of television time. Yeah. If somebody's a paying audience member, you know, I'll tell you right now, fucking a WWE underground pay-per-view once a year. That would be cool. That would be cool in this era. In this era, it would be cool to see. Yeah, I could I could believe that. So the more wrestlers they get on there that kind of have that or they can fit into that that niche area like a Shayna yeah. Baszler or, a, or a, um, Bobby Lashley. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants to watch a 25-minute Bobby Lashley match. They would just want to no. watch him beat somebody up in the back for, you know, whatever reason. Right. So I, I could agree. see how that would work. And I guess, well, it's a, it's a good idea. I just, there's too many variables. The PG era, the COVID era, yep. there's too many things going on right now to, to make it what people really would want it to be or to appeal to, you know, the 18 to 49 demographic. Right. <laughs> That, that's why that, that that's a great point, because that's why I think, you know, you're you're right. I don't think it goes I don't think it'll go beyond this much longer. I would love to see it go out with some sort of pay-per-view presence, though, when, when it 
you know, end with that kind of a bang, I think that'd be pretty damn cool. Um, because it, would be. it serves it serves a purpose. And I really think it's it's actually helping a lot of these superstars stay active, you know, when they don't have really anything Something going on. Yeah. yeah. So it's a okay. great way to just get involved. And, you know, if, if that's what it's for, I <laughs> hats off to them. But we don't know. Right? I think it's still young. Um, but if I'm going to have hold on to some faith and be somewhat <clears throat> positive, I'm that that's the that's the direction my mind is going to take. Oh, all right. Is that all the high points from SmackDown and Raw? Yeah, I mean, pretty much, like I said, I think they were they, they were both good episodes. Raw, I, I would actually give the edge to, and that's the first time in a long time. Um, but weren't terrible. You know, there, there's been some crap episodes, but yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, the, especially the the Randy Drew, Ric Flair, Kevin Owens. I mean, that was just too damn good. Let's move on to something that we both watched because yes. you watched you watched AEW tonight. Uh, yeah, I was back and forth. Back and forth between the both. Okay, cool. I paid more attention to AEW. Okay, well, being honest, <laughs> what 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 were some high and low points for you on that show? <clears throat> well, uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm still I'll in, start. In, no. Yeah, WWE mode in. here. Oh yeah, get out of WWE mode. It's time for the. <laughs> All right, so the uh, the opening match, I thought was wonderful, wonderfully done. I think the wrong people won. I wish I wish the Dark Order would have won that opening match. I agree. I really do. I I don't know what it is about Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Like when they first came into AEW, I had watched them on some indie shows and I really liked them, but I I. You know, when they came in AEW in the first couple of wrestling matches, I'm like, they're really not going anywhere with this with this with this uh, Dark Order gimmick. You know, they're really mm-hmm. going nowhere with it. They didn't have it seemed like they didn't have a plan for it. But the more like as soon as they brought in Brody Lee and the more they start to unveil, you know, capturing these not capturing, but uh, convincing these people to join them here. They got, you know, your your Cole Cabana, which is a great, uh, a great uh, spinoff um route that they could take with the story and then anna jay also which i think is a great pickup because she's oh my god she's a good up-and-coming wrestler for sure Mm -hmm. but Stu grayson and evil uno they are capturing my attention every second they're on a tv screen whether it's whether it's youtube on bte or it's on dynamite and they're actually performing in the ring they just I don't know what it is. They've just gotten progressively so much better than when I first initially saw them in the Indies, and I really, really enjoy them. And I think that they, they, I mean, they do. They, they're so smooth together. They work so well together. They're right up there. Like they're, they're really in my head, in my mind of of rankings. They're really up there in the top. I would say in the top three or two tag teams in AEW, or right now in the industry, in my opinion. They just consistently, consistently get better and better. And this match was no different tonight. It was great. I really think they should have beat the Bucks tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I forgot it was uh, they kicked it off. I'm a huge Evil Uno guy. I think I think that dude's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cracks his social media cracks me. He's up hilarious too. on social yeah. media. Yeah. But. Um, have you ever watched BTE in the past few weeks? I know I told you and Maria that you got to be catching up on that. Yeah, I didn't watch it, God, but I, I did. I, I really love the 50 for 50 shit, too. Like, oh, my God. The 50 I, for 50 is amazing. That, yeah. that is so freaking cool. Like, that, that, that to me, that's just brilliant. Now, I will tell you this uh, just real quick. I don't want to step on you, but like you said, the, Anna J is incredible. I think she's got a yeah. remarkable future. I love that the Dark Order. I think we're going to see more of the Dark Order, and I, you know, they they were building, and then if you look back, it's like, yeah, we're building an army here, and that, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed uh, Jericho and Orange Cassidy as well. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Oh, did, I I know I sent you and Maria uh, a video clip. Did you watch the video clip of uh, the Dark Order segment I, I sent you for BT? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. I told you that was going to happen. So last <laughs> last. Last week, uh, Silver and uh, Reynolds, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, they they lost their tag match, 
but all the rest of the Dark Order members won their match for the week. And that BTE segment, I, I was like, I knew it right as soon as they lost. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this segment because I knew that Brody <laughs> Lee was going to just rip them a new asshole. And it was just, oh, it's brilliant. If you haven't watched BTE yet, you've got to watch that segment alone. Is It did make your day. He just, I can't, I can't even get over how funny it is. They are the, 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 the best thing happening on BTE and one of the best things happening on AEW right now. But well, anyway. AEW has the best tag teams, period. Absolutely. As it was shown tonight, it was tag team appreciation night. <laughs> but I, I what, what, what was another high spot for you uh, for the night? Uh, you know, I, I always enjoy uh, Hikaru Shida. You know, Hikaru? I think, yeah. I uh she won by submission. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, you know I didn't get I, to see much of that match. I had some family over, but I did see like thirty seconds of it. But I was like, I gotta go back and watch that. Yeah, you know, in the that new TNT title. Um Oh yeah, it was released earlier today. Yeah. I mean I, I thought it was gonna be more I thought it was gonna be uh, a bigger difference than what it was. Right. You know, in the design work, but I guess not. That's it. I will say this. It's gold now. I I am going to take a a little shot here, and I don't want to be that guy, but I feel it needs to happen. AEW is doing a lot of really great things correctly um, as far as, like, with talent, right? Uh I do think the women's title is a piss-poor excuse for a fucking title belt, though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That thing is awful. No, I, I really knowing, especially knowing they were going to put it on Nyla Rose because it's yeah. so disproportioned when when she was the title holder, in my opinion. I, yeah. I, I don't know something. And then now with this TNT championship, I don't like the um, the mirror image behind the TNT letters because it's it's a legit mirror. Like mm-hmm. when Cody was holding it, like when they handed it to him and the ref handed it to him and he was looking in it, you could see his face clearly through the plating. And I just I'm, I don't know. It just I it just it doesn't look as prestigious definitely not as prestigious as the, the AEW championship in my no. yeah that AEW belt is, oh is, that's sick that's sick yeah. that's right up there with the uh NXT UK belt in my opinion like yeah that's probably that and the IWGP is probably the top three belts and like as far as design work goes in mm-hmm. my opinion yeah oh yeah I now I did I did enjoy the MGF MJF segment backstage where um, where he pushed Lee Johnson against the wall. <laughs> yeah, he'll just stay yeah. out of his shot. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. awesome. I tweeted out. Awesome. I said. I tweeted out. Uh, made a tweet. I said. Uh, I said so. I said so. Uh, Samoa Joe pushes MJF against the wall, and now MJF is one of the biggest heels ever. So MJF pushes Lee Johnson against the wall. <laughs> so what is Lee Johnson going to become? <laughs> right. If yeah, history repeats itself, Lee Johnson is going to be the biggest heel in, you know, <laughs> 10 years from now or whatever. So. I thought that that was just that was hilarious. Yeah. I And I thought because like he, he, he did the sequence before where, he's, where he walked down the hall and everything. But I, I thought he was making fun of that moment when Samoa Joe pushed him against the wall in the previous times that they showed him walking down the hallway, looking at his posters and shit. But this time he really like like, I, I don't know, it's like he. He heard everybody saying it online, so he was like, I'm going to take it one step further, and I'm going to reenact the motherfucker. <laughs> like, but, yeah, that was great. What did you think about the Moxley um, interaction he had tonight? That was awesome because uh, MJF thought he had the, uh, the jump on him, right, putting his people in the crowd or, yep. you know, where the crowd is, but Moxley just straight up came down the entrance ramp. yeah. Which is kind not normal of, for know, John Moxley as he tends normal. to go through the crowd. Not normal, kind of expected. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Uh, MJ, MJF selling the uh, paradox shift. Yeah. Afterwards, could you hear him over the announcers talking before they went to commercial break? He was like, no. Wardlow, Wardlow, help me up. I can't oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't oh, feel my, my neck, God. Wardlow. And he's like holding Warlow's hand. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? But uh, yeah, yes. the promo, Moxley's promo was fire. Uh, he oh always has fun. But this time yeah. he was like really amped up. He does, you know, you know, you're going to get a good promo from Moxley when he starts pacing back and mm-hmm. forth as he's holding the mic. <laughs> you just yep. know what's going to happen. So 
I yeah, that was I, I love I love his his mic work. It's it's up there. You know, it, it's really really good. <laughs> really good when he doesn't have a script. Really like good. He said when he's just when he starts pacing, then you know you're gonna get some crazy stuff coming out of his yeah. mouth. Oh yeah. Do we honestly think? Listen, I don't know I where this. Know what you're gonna say. Yeah. Do we honestly say. think MJF is gonna beat him? Yes. I'm completely, wholeheartedly, 110% in complete agreeance that MJF is going to be, take the title from Moxley at All Out. I'm putting it out there. I, I've said this, I think I said this last week or week before last. I've said it. As soon as he did that 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 speech uh, two weeks ago, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the actual, like, initial inaugural speech. From his yeah, right. Yeah. Right. As soon as he did that... I was completely convinced that he was going to take the title from Moxley at that point. And I'm a huge Moxley fan. Moxley and Darby Allen are my two absolute favorites in the mm-hmm. company. So that should tell you how convinced I am at, that, that MJF is actually going to do this. And I think it's, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to put, it's going to, you know, it's going to put the championship on somebody who hasn't been in WWE and it's going to, because we've had these, you know, these bigger name guys, your, your, your John Moxley's, your Chris Jericho's hold the title. It's going to make it that much more prestigious when you put it on somebody who is has wasn't heard of, but has made a name for himself and is mm-hmm. becoming more and more popular by the day just by his, his actions and his gimmick. And as soon as he holds that title, it's just going to be that much more prestigious and it's going to amplify him to another level. And he's going to be right up there with those stars. And that's 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 the whole point of AEW, really, mm-hmm. is is to have these 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 great minds that have been in wrestling for so long, take these young up and coming stars that that have this huge potential, but just haven't been given a chance yet, and just blowing it out of the water with them and making this great TV and great pay per views. That was I awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel like that's exactly what they're doing with MJF. They know he's got the skills. They know, I mean, how young he is, how much of a future that he can actually, he's not lying when he said he's going to carry AEW for the next 25 years. Yeah, he like is. He, he is that young. He will have the capability to. Hell, he's 23, 25 years. He still won't be as old as Chris Jericho is. I was just about to say that. Exactly. I mean, he'll be 48 at the point, and Chris Jericho is, what, 50 now or 49, almost 50? Yeah, 49, like, almost 50. Jesus Christ. And look what Chris Jericho's doing right now. He's carrying AEW right now. I That's mean it's a, just it, it's it's just coming full circle. It will come full circle. And he's one of the he's one of the guys that they can do that with. And and your your jungle boys, your your Darby Allens, those guys are gonna be your champions and they're gonna carry this division, man. That's awesome. I, I really love the passion there because you know, it was one of those things like now that you said that, it's like, yeah, I feel 100% now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I was kind of like 50-50. So you're 50-50 on it. You're, you're... I was. I'm not anymore. Okay. Literally. Okay. I didn't need to be sold on it. And that that's not what you're doing. But I yeah. am sold no, on it. No, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm not trying to I'm sell sold you. on it. You know, not a snake oil salesman or anything. But I'm just no. saying, you know, that's just my my perspective and opinion on, on it. And, I, I and, loved it. That was I awesome. really think I really think it should happen. I, I you know, I, if if I think of the storylines that could come from MJF, it's going to be insane. Versus, yeah, versus Moxley retaining it. Now, granted, Moxley, like, it's not going to hurt Moxley in the least to lose no. to MJF. You know, but it would hurt MJF so much if he lost. If he if he lost, he'd have that he wouldn't have that undefeated streak. Then he wouldn't be able to branch out in some more storylines with other people. And then you wouldn't have John Moxley chasing after him for a title or going for a different title. Imagine, you know, Moxley versus Cody or some shit, you know, just yeah, something awesome. di- something different, you know. I, there's so <laughs> many better directions they could go in having MJF as the champion. It would make the belt more prestigious. It, it would give it to somebody who's not who's not well known from WWE, but who's well known from building his own brand up. And it would just it would just progress everything, really, when you that really think not, about the overarching, you know, storylines and 
health of the company. It would just progress everything, in my opinion, more so than Moxley retaining at this point. Right. That was the nail on the head was a non-former WWE person. Because if there's one thing I can say, um, I try not to, uh, you know, target fans too much. But I will say this. I loathe the argument that, you know, AEW is just WWE washouts or people who got cut. So the question is, like, that's their job. So if you get let go from it, that means you just sit on your ass the rest of your life. Like, you're not supposed to go get another job. Um, you know, like but that's the, but the, the argument is argument. Valid, The argument is valid on the front end because th- hell, they were trying to convince Chris Jericho to to stay. They were trying to convince John Moxley to stay. These people did not get fired. They were not washed up. They were not dropouts. They were not cut from the team. Right. They chose to leave and got yeah. the fuck out because of Vince McMahon. Like yep. this is not this is not AEW. Uh, this is not WWE rejects. Um, some of them, granted, got cut, and then they, they got cut due to many reasons. You know, COVID era, Vince mm-hmm. McMahon's own greed, uh, many different reasons. They weren't cut because they were shitty wrestlers. Right. They were cut because they weren't given a fucking chance, and they, they had plenty of potential that wasn't being used on TV because Vince McMahon would, would rather – show charlotte 70 times or show roman reigns 100 times or show brock lesnar you know whatever vignettes whatever the fuck is going on you know i i truly feel the fiend would have been killed had roman reigns not taken his hiatus oh man he was already being killed in my opinion like i lost i can't remember what it was when he when he when he, when the, 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 yeah, the Rollins Hell in a Cell match. Jesus, fuck, I lost faith right there. I was like, this is the greatest thing WWE's ever done. And it, can't, it didn't come from the mind of the creative team, granted. It came from Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, thank you. Mm-hmm. It came from those minds. But this is the greatest thing they've ever let happen on the show in the past fucking, I don't know, decade. And as soon as they did this whole thing with Rollins in the Hell in a Cell match with this stupid ass uh, mallet and the, the you know the the, uh, the referee stoppage because he used a mallet in a Hell in a Cell match or a sledgehammer in a Hell in a Cell match like are you for real that that, that kind of shit that kind of shit killed the fiend for me at that point and I was I was already over it the only thing that's piquing my interest again is the Alexa Bliss storyline praying to God that she's going to be Sister Abigail, and it's kind of right. reinvigorating the evil side of his character. Now, granted, he's always had the evil side, but I hate Braun Strowman and, and him in this, like, I, I don't really, the swamp match, I don't really care too much about, but I care about the storyline behind it, you know? Yeah. But I don't know where, That's how, how, I how felt. we got, I don't know, I don't know how we got back onto the Fiend change. We were on AEW, but. No, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, I get it. Um, well, we were just talking about, like, how, you know, making the AEW title more prestigious and, you know, uh, th- that stupid argument about being WWE rejects. Oh, WWE rejects. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I, I I would love nothing. I, I swear to God, I would love to sit down and talk with somebody who still feels that way today, because I want to tell you personally how stupid you are. And two, I just I just want to I just want to hear those peculiar thoughts like i I want i want to see a human try and process such stupid things yeah it's wwe diehard fans that don't listen to anything outside the box of wwe because if you would go and listen to your john moxley interviews your chris jericho interviews your hell even your 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 matt cardona interviews all these all these interviews that came out of the people and the, the struggles they were going through while they were in wwe Versus leaving now and the creative freedom they have now and the the time with their families they have now and the pay they have now. Everything has changed for them in a, such a great way. It's like, how can you still be a bitch that says that, oh, they're just WWE rejects. They're just they're just washed up. They're just, you know, come the fuck on, dude. Like, you're just being a child at that point. Like, this is people's livelihoods. And they can make their own goddamn decisions without your judgment being cast on them like that. Right. So anyway, yeah. I no, that's cool. MJF, so super awesome points. Yeah. MJF, 
gonna gonna win it, gonna make the title even that more that much more prestigious because it's been held by, you know, the greats that's that started in AEW, your Jericho, your Moxley, and gonna go from there. But another title match that happened tonight that I wanted to point out was Scorpio Sky versus Cody. Because we did talk about the title, you know, the new title that came out. Not a fan. I mean, it's good. It's it's good. Nowhere near, you know, prestige level of the AEW championship. But the match itself, Scorpio Sky versus Cody, I took a Twitter poll and I asked I asked out and, you know, asked, who do you think should should win this match? Who do you think whose time is it to, to be the TNT champion? And everybody about I want to say 71% said Scorpio Sky. 71% of the people that voted in said Scorpio Sky tonight. So Cody won. I I was on the boat that I felt like it would have been a great pop moment. Granted, you know, no audience, but whatever, but still a good social media pop moment if Scorpio Sky would have actually won in an upset and taken the title from Cody. What do you think about that? What do you think about the match? Uh, Yeah, the match was – I love Scorpio Sky. Yeah, me too. I think that dude's awesome. I would be a huge, huge fan of seeing him as the title holder. I think that would be fucking sweet. Let me correlate something to you. I feel like Scorpio Sky is kind of in the same position as in SCU as Big E is with The New Day. Mm-hmm. I feel like he needs to branch off, he, like maybe not turn heel like a, like I think Big E should, but I feel like he just needs he needs to get away from SCU in yep. some form or fashion and have a singles run because the dude is a hell of a promo. He is an amazing wrestler. Yeah, he, he can totally. He's got what it takes. He's got what it takes, and it's the fact that. Towards the beginning of AEW, the beginning of television AEW, um, he pinned Chris Jericho. They had that huge moment where everybody was talking about him because he was the first one to pin Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. And they did. I remember that? They didn't do shit with it. Like, why didn't yeah. they? Why didn't they start that push then and there? He's been in this. He's been on AEW Dark. Uh, I don't know how. Like, just I don't know how many matches he's won on there, but he's calling himself the king of AEW Dark right now. But he doesn't want to be that, you know. Right. It's just after that, he had that moment and then he went away and you see him occasionally every three or four weeks on TV with a SCU doing some kind of tag team, whatever. And then after that, he kind of went away and was on AEW Dark. And I, I feel like they kind of dropped the ball on him. I really do. I, I think AEW positions their wrestlers really well. Most of them except for the majority of the women's division right now. And Scorpio Sky is a, is a perfect like male example of somebody they dropped the ball on. Yep. No, I agree. I, I, th- I, I think hate that's... To, you know, I hate to... I, I, people's going to say I talk shit about WWE all the time. Well, here's your here's my shit talking about AEW. I feel like they dropped the ball on him for sure, 100%. He should be, he should be a much bigger name than he is right now. Yeah, and and if he had to prove anything, he definitely did it tonight. So, oh yeah, he didn't, he he didn't did, have but, to prove anything because he, right. he has a proven record as a competitor with SCU. I just feel like he needs to push. Yep. He has the capability. He has the talk. He has the promo skills. He just needs to push. He just needs the backing, and that's the one thing he's missing and has been missing since AEW really started, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think I think it's coming and you made an interesting point about Big E. Um if you watched SmackDown, uh you know, he had the, he had a good backstage promo with Charlie. Um I, I think a heel turn is coming. I think the new day's done. Um really? Yeah. It it there wasn't it, I'm not like clickbaiting with my mouth. What I'm saying is I I just I, I think it that, that that's where he's gonna fit the most um, the new day is so tired and just it, it's time it's time to you know to move on so it is time to i, I wouldn't predict that it's going to happen because it is wwe but I, I, it is definitely time to yeah i think, I think it they're is. long long overdue is xavier wood still injured or is he like what's yeah, going on with him again he's, 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 he's been out a long time yeah he, he's he's jacked up i don't 
I haven't heard anything. I, I don't know if, um, you know, it was career threatening, obviously. So we'll see. He's I don't, been out I don't know. A year? Pretty much. Seems like a year or more already. Yep, in that time frame. Man. But I do want to hit just some NXT, NXT stuff real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the opening match wasn't, you know, that, that's one thing I've said about when we talk NXT the past several weeks is the opening match has been pretty damn solid, right? So you would yep. think Danny Burch versus Karrion Cross would be a good opener. It was okay, but it wasn't, it didn't it set the tone like, match. yeah, for the most oh. part. But yeah. Keith Lee did uh, come Danny out. Danny Burch is never going to get a fucking break. <laughs> no, no, poor never bastard. Uh-uh. Um, he is now, enhancement for life. Right. Now, Keith Lee did come out with a contract, literally had a contract with him. Uh, he demanded to have Cross at TakeOver. Um, Cross signed it immediately. Scarlett handed it to him. Um, when Keith Lee opened it up, he got uh, blinded literally by a fireball. <laughs> uh-huh. And he was I taken saw the of that. Yeah, by ambulance. So um, I'll be honest, I don't give a damn about this Pat McAfee, Adam Cole stuff. If you're into that, that's nope. great. I'm happy for you. Nope. Um, I hate what they're doing to Indy Hartwell. Like, she doesn't win ever, and she's incredibly talented. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed in that. Who'd she face? Uh, Mia Yim. Oh. But the main event, guess who came back? Oh, Champa? No, Velveteen oh. Dream. Velveteen, oh, okay. The Dream is back. Now he lost. Uh, <laughs> Grimes beat Kushida and Dream, and he will be going to that takeover ladder match. So, okay. <sighs> Hold on. So Dream, Dream's last match before showing up tonight was against Cole, right? Yep. And he hasn't been on TV since that since that pay-per-view match against Cole? It's been, it's been months. Yeah. So he comes back. To the triple threat he comes match back. He's, he's in, yeah, he's in a qualifier, and yep. he loses. Yep. Was there fuckery involved? Not really. It was pretty clean. I mean, now it did get kind of weird at the end. Um, after after it was over, uh, Kushida was the one who got pinned. Um, mm-hmm. Then Velveteen lost his shit at the end of the match and attacked Kushida. Uh, and then Finn Balor arrived to stare down Velveteen Dream. So I guess they're going to throw it down next yeah, week. Do so. that. Yep. Or set it up for TakeOver 30. Yeah. When is that happening again? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I had it. I don't. I, I had yeah. it written down. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was okay. It was. It was. It wasn't too bad. Not too bad. I just. I don't give a damn about this. Uh, Adam Cole. I. I don't. I really just don't. I don't. Know I really hate. Know I hated. I'm on the boat of I hated Pat McAfee the moment I saw him on the pre-show, like WWE pay-per-view pre-show thing that you catch on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, he's such I, I a hate, turd. Hate this motherfucker. And it has nothing so to much. do with WWE. It has no. I no. I've just never been a Pat it's, McAfee. It's everything like, to do with I, him. It's everything right, to do with him. He's, yeah. he's like Rob Gronkowski of punters, like just a total tool bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I can't. Yep. Yeah. And so. Uh, are they setting it up for a match? Yeah. They what are, are they doing? What are they it's, doing? Why? And it's going to be the most peculiar, weirdest. It's going to be a cinematic event. Right. <laughs> Especially after, do? you know, Keith Lee and Adam Cole's, you know, great rivalry they yeah. had. And it was a really good match. Yeah. That is a prime example of NXT just, like, what was it they they got like new riders for NXT? Yeah. Then they get new a new riding team or partially a new riding team. Or yes, whatever. I would that say is a probably example from high school. Yes. Something, man, it's horrible. It NXT. I I hate to say this, man. I I like before AEW came out, I was all NXT all the way. Every week, religiously watch it. Seven p.m. I was on the net. I had the WWE network because of NXT. I didn't really give a shit about the pay-per-views. I'd watch them if they had good matches on it. And I'd just like turn them on and off, live tweet during them occasionally. But NXT was the reason I was paying $10 a month. Mm-hmm. And now I could never see myself doing that. Could never see myself. Like if it wasn't on USA Network and it was still on the network, 
and I see what I'm hearing and and seeing clips of now, I I would never pay money to see that. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's it's just disappointment. It's a huge disappointment. It's like they bring it on TV to get a wider audience, and they just they just turn it into shit. It really is, man. Like they, this is a prime example. You got all this talent and potential, and just you don't utilize it correctly. Yeah. And you call up the, the you know the big stars that you made names off of in NXT. You just as soon as they have any traction or they they. Like why? Put them on the they, main they, roster. Yeah, they put them on the main roster, and then and then they get so, buried. And then they get yep. So it's okay. Vicious cycle. So last week was all wrestling. We got a few minutes left. So that, hang on, that, that's, hang on. That, before before we stop wrestling, right, let's let's touch on one more thing with AEW because we skipped it right over it. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Well, I, we yeah, that's true. I, I did we say forgot. I really enjoyed it. But we, we didn't. To, we didn't yeah, go into we it. didn't touch upon it. I wanted to just just go over a little bit more because how did you feel about Orange Cassidy actually beating Chris Jericho to where he doesn't have to pay seven thousand dollars to replace his orange jacket that he's been wearing for six weeks? <laughs> I freaking loved it. Like <laughs> I, I love the whole thing. I, I love when Chris went for the baseball bat too. Yeah, I love Mike Yoda returning. To yeah, the, the dude, it, it was awesome. Like they they. That that match, that the setup and everything just told told its own story. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it was awesome. It was yeah that that that's that's yeah Mike Kyoto and all that that was incredible. I, it was I, a I, weird a weird pinning predicament to end the match. It was kind of sloppy or floppy. I don't know what I don't know what they were quite going for there. It's like a Russian right. leg sweep into a pin. <laughs> what right. it looked like. I don't well, know. When you, yeah, when you got your po- hands in your pockets half the time too. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we had to touch on that because that was the main event. But no, anyway, it was so okay. cool. It yeah, was it was so well done. Oh yeah, it was pretty good. It was very good. Yeah. So what's, what's, what you wanted to Cassidy talk about for the last are, few are, minutes? Yeah, they're gold right now. They are absolutely oh, yeah. uh, hilarious. Do you think it's going to carry on even further? Do you think this is going to be like a um, an ongoing feud to all out, or do you think they're going to do something different? I don't know. I hope so because this is one I don't want it to end. Because it's just yeah. so freaking cool. Like, I mean, two of the coolest dudes in AEW, you know, are at each other's throats. And I just, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, when when they pulled the trigger on that, it was a great move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do you um, think they're going to go from here? Uh, uh, Hell in a Cell match? <laughs> oh, they're, they're, really, they're really starting to hate each other. That that's for sure. Oh yeah. So at some point, you got to put them in some sort of uh, confined space. I wouldn't mind to see. I wouldn't mind it if uh, if they had a um, blood and guts match where it was uh, best friends and friends versus uh, the inner circle. God, that'd be awesome. That would be hilarious to to watch. In my opinion, they they would do some crazy shit and they would do some funny shit at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. I don't think I've ever seen Ortiz in a in a uh, a, a Hell in a Cell match or, or any kind of like crazy situation like that. But just like, imagine how he sells moves, like when right. the orange juice got dumped on him and he was swimming in it for like thirty seconds. Like imagine <laughs> him selling in a Hell in a Cell match. How crazy, uh, how how funny and how crazy it would be to see him do that. But yeah, that that's definitely a. Um, Hopefully, they eventually, if they ever get blood and guts, hopefully that'll be one of the blood and guts matches we get. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. So that that that's good stuff. So, well, let's do something here. This is totally lame, but I think it's something we think about quite a bit. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you weren't doing well, okay, is what your day job is what you would consider a dream job? If not, is it a stepping stone to your dream job? And if it's neither of those things, what is your dream job? So, uh, it's not it's not my dream job, but I I do feel like there's there's a dream job, and then there's what you're what you're put on this earth and meant to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like my dream job would be to actually play drums 
um, and go touring with, say, a well-known band across the world playing drums for them. That would be my dream job. Now, granted, I, I, I mean, I play drums for over 20 years. I, I can play like all basic instruments, like guitar, guitar, bass, drums, vocals, some piano. Like I can do it, I do it all. But drums has always been a passion of mine. I, I started when I was like eight years old, and um, I don't play as much anymore because of my not dream job. But that would be that would be my dream job would to be travel the world playing music with like mm-hmm. with a band somewhere you know somewhere but that's awesome. but that's the dream job and i still feel like i'm what i'm meant to do on this world is is in this world is what i do now which is um i, I work for a marketing firm mm-hmm. um i i i've always been like you know in high school and some college i was in the retail field and i was great at you know selling things i could sell anything to anybody but in turn, over time, being in retail for that long, I started to get to where, you know, when you're stuck in a retail job, you start to hate being in a retail job. You know yep. what I'm saying? You just hard to stay, you hate being in, in the retail area. So I wanted to find something where I could still implement my sales ability, but also take the technical background that I have because I'm always like into the latest and greatest gadgets, like always got to have the, 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 the best iPhone or, or the latest iPhone or, um, you know, just always, always into the newest software that's coming out, that kind of thing. I've always been into the, into the tech world. So mm-hmm. mixing the tech side of me and the sales side of me integrates into marketing. And that's where, that's where I fall into line with my skills the best. So that's that's why I kind of distinguish my dream job versus what I'm meant to do. And that's that's my two uh, two areas that I'd go into. Nice. So what about you? So, yeah, I, I feel like being in a position where I have to work for someone else. Uh, I'm, I'm doing what I wanted to do, and that is cybersecurity. Um, I think that's a badass job. I have a lot of training in that. You know, I, I'm I'm very passionate about it. I like to share things about cybersecurity and really what it means. Um, you know, a lot of people just kind of like, you know, uh, identity theft happens because you allow it to happen. And I hate being so blunt when I say that, but it's the truth. You know, that there are so many things that people don't do. But I'm not going to get on a soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm definitely um like offensive security where yeah i will intercept what you're doing and then i'm going to attack you back like that's that that's my training and i'm i'm pretty proud that i was able to get into that cuz it's not easy um by by intercept and attack you mean like shut down what they're doing yeah like i, I will be defensive you know but if i'm ever given the go ahead to launch my own attack i'm going to do it <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, or turn what they used against them. That, that's another interesting, interesting thing you can do. Gotcha. As far as so, I feel like for the most part, um, you know, I'm doing what I'm, I'm meant to do. But what I would consider my dream job is being a fiction writer, um, mm-hmm. whether it's books or screenplays or whatever, because I think I'm pretty good at it. And my thing is, I don't have the balls to share what I've written with people and that is what i need to do or else it's not going to go anywhere uh (laughs) you know so that that's my dream uh honestly and the beauty of that is there really is i mean you can be 70 and break into that you know you tell a good story somebody's gonna buy it so Uh um yeah i just i feel like if, if i wasn't doing that if i could pick any career that would be it and and I still have time, you know, I just got to get because I have a I have a completely finished screenplay and I have a completely finished book one of a series and I'm already working on book two. I just don't have the balls to get it out there. Gotcha. So, yeah. Well, I know that um, I, one one episode in the future, we definitely have to touch upon uh, the time when you were a police officer and yeah. go through some go through some of those stories. I know that's not your dream job or maybe not what you 
want to do but, or wanted you know wanted to do but i know that you enjoyed it at some point but you have some yeah. hilarious stories we need to share on this podcast uh one day soon yeah the the, the funny ones are great um and and most of them were you know i'm pretty sure i told you got you and maria that you know 95 percent of the time it's incredible um but it's that five percent of the time you know that's a complete shit show Mm-hmm. And it's it's so bad. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm I more than, you know, you, you guys know I'm an open book. If you haven't listened to the dating stories, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else to tell you. You need to stop right now. <laughs> we we yeah. need to find those episodes because that that's some funny shit. And yeah, if you um, think is OK, so let me just go out there and say this His pre- a previous episode a few weeks back. Go and listen to it. We go. It's it, in the title of the episode. I'm sure it has something about dating inside of it. So check it out. But if you think his dating stories are crazy, just wait until we get into his police officer uh, time period in his life when he was in, in corrections. So let's 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 just leave it at that. But yeah, yeah no, let me put it this way. Like, you know, I, I work for a department that is all about um, how can we serve? Right. We, we took that incredibly seriously. And I can tell you without a lie, hook me up to a polygraph. I don't care. Anyway, you th- you would feel comfortable knowing I'm not lying. Our job, because it came from the sheriff all the way down, was to protect, literally protect and serve and help, right? It wasn't to, how many arrests can we get today, right? Uh-huh. It was, I mean, our, our shift briefings were, listen, we're, people need help, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And when you have that mindset, and that's the culture of your police department, that is what I call grassroots policing. That is how you engage with the environment around you and the people. And that is how you bridge these gaps, right, that, that we experience today. Um, and and it, it's a huge county with huge cities. So I'm not talking like some podunk little thing. No, I mean, the, you know what I mean? Like, so we, we had rural, we had city, we had downtown that we took care of. And you'd handle the situations differently, but the essence was the same. You know, we're here to help these people. And that, that's what it boiled down to. I just felt the need to say that because I don't I get everything is so sensitive right now. Um, and I'm not going to defend anybody. Uh, but, yeah, th- there are some great stories and I'd, I'd be more than happy to share because I think it'd be awesome. Cool. Well, uh, that about wraps it up. Uh, yeah. That was the whole week uh three count life week in wrestling basically um we pretty much cover all the major wrestling shows starting from friday to wednesday night and it comes out every thursday morning so uh this is episode 12 and we'll catch you next week same time same place yeah later have a good one